Welcome, everyone, to the newest episode of our podcast. Um, we are live here again at the Global Syngas Conference here in San Diego, California. Uh, I am joined by Sanjeev Ratan, Director of Marketing Technologies for ZoneFlow Technologies, LLC. How are you doing today, Sanjeev? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, well, how are you liking the conference so far? Yeah, I think this conference is, uh, they, they say, uh, to be one of the most uh, sort of popular and uh, focused platform uh, for Syngas, uh, hydrogen and related uh, application technologies, uh, especially in the current uh, uh, domain and the imminence of uh, energy transition, hydrogen, blue ammonia, syngas, gasification, biofuels, they all play a big role and which makes this conference a pretty well, very, uh, you know, coveted platform and, and, a, and a conference to, as a must attend. It has been very popular, but lately it has uh, a more uh, specific uh, role in the energy transition. And I think uh, uh, they also claim that it is uh, uh, sort of a member forum which adds uh, some uh, extra you know essence of uh, the seriousness of the participants and and the audience yeah and i mean and everybody maybe gets along better too I mean, well not gets along but if you see somebody that you've seen at this conference for the last five years you know it's really yeah absolutely and uh, the the the, uh, the pandemic uh, of course uh, put a different uh, perspective in terms of offline uh, webinars or so. But uh, this has a pretty good turnout this year around uh, close to more than 150 participants. So that's a pretty encouraging number. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it's a very timely uh, conference, like you said, with everything going on with the energy transition is perfect. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started with um, first question. Um, how about you tell me a little bit about uh, ZoneFlow and your role with the company? Yeah, so uh, ZoneFlow uh, started, um, uh, the previous name was Tribute Creations, but it uh, it is in, uh, uh, in existence for more than 12 years. And I joined them around seven years back. Uh, as as director marketing and product development, I, in fact, uh, was uh, associated with ZoneFlow uh, when I was in Technip. Uh, I was the the group uh, uh, deputy vice president and CTO for hydrogen syngas in Technip, and ZoneFlow approached Technip for a demonstration of their catalyst in one of our steam reformers. And that project I led from Technip side. So that's how I came to know about ZoneFlow. And we did a pretty good uh, project demonstration in, in one of the reformers in Texas uh, with the mixed results, very encouraging on one side and some uh, setbacks on, on the coating side. And that uh, made me to join them eventually to make a difference in the last leg of my career and uh, to do something hands-on and make it uh, some product differentiation in the market. Uh, I really like the, the technology and a very innovative uh, uh, and breakthrough uh, 
nature of the product. So you just delivered a presentation kind of on that topic, you know, uh, uh, with your, your catalyst. So how about you um, give a summary? Yeah, uh, I have, uh, uh, because we uh, we have been developing this technology, and I said from the fallout of uh, our text and uh, demonstration, we uh, sort of improvised quite a few things on the design and 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 production of the catalyst uh, we went to more uh, uh, robust uh, and also easier to install uh, assemblies more cost effective and uh, also we have been very uh, sort of diligent on on the the lessons learned from from that campaign so uh, with that all set and done uh, we had launched the pilot plant program uh, five years back uh, which uh, took time because of uh, you know we started from scratch and then did our own engineering and then to find the right vendors and we were almost um, ready with uh, more than half the plant construction by 2000 early 2020 when the pandemic had hit us and we were delayed by two years so then we Anyway, uh, completed the pilot plant installation at the University of Louvain in Belgium under the collaboration of uh, Professor De Wilde, who is well known in the steam reforming space. And uh, uh, this university had uh, some uh, reformer furnace which we could use. So that's how it started. And we have a very good, extensive collaboration with the, the university and, and Professor De Wilde. And then uh, Along the line, uh, one thing better happened because of the delay that we got collaboration from Honeywell UOP uh, two years back. Uh, that really gave us a lot of uh, impetus and a lot of uh, confidence and, and encouragement to do the pilot plant test program uh, very successfully. And uh, we had a, a very good run uh, with uh, four campaigns great operating team which took time to uh, you know get together very uh, successful and and safe uh, campaigns we conducted so that was one of the uh, major uh, achievements we did so uh, last few months uh, we have been trying to share those results uh, either through publications or through conferences or webinars and that's why I'm here uh, and they had selected our abstract and I've been uh, just recently in Abu Dhabi and before that in Rio uh, to present these results and to show how we can create value going forward so that's why I'm here <laughs> yeah. and I think it was very well received I just finished my presentation and very good interest a lot of questions and uh, good feedback yeah so uh, I mean, in the pilot was it with Honeywell UOP. Um, do you want to go into a little bit more details about that? Sure. Uh, uh, we were, of course, uh, looking for a partnership with some major uh, company to help us uh, steer through the pilot plant and also post pilot plant to commercialize the product. And who can be better than Honeywell UOP? Who are the uh, one of the best if not the best uh, technology licenses in the world and they have a very effective and, and elaborate uh, 
sales uh, team and a, a very wide uh, outreach, a global outreach. So we were very fortunate to have them as our partners. And uh, we have been, uh, since pilot plant results, we have been also busy on the post-pilot plant test uh, program to uh, to establish the durability and longevity of the catalyst uh, for commercialization and we have been working really very closely to make it happen uh, and then we are almost ready uh, in few months to uh, to launch the product yeah that the only thing what is differentiated this product is that I think it is still if I may say uh, unmatched in in the industry globally and uh, nobody has a, a equivalent product and we uh, time will tell but we can boast that it is uh, it has a very highly differentiated merits and an unparalleled uh, design so we we will try to exploit it uh, together and make a difference here <laughs> so i mean yours is a um it's a structured catalyst system um, so versus uh, pellet catalyst so explain to us what would be the benefit of doing it that way how, how does it help uh, good question uh, uh, I mean pellets have been used since the uh, uh, you know uh, the advent of steam reforming um, around the 1960s uh, mainly for ammonia production and methanol and then later hydrogen for refining uh, it has stayed uh, pallets um, till now, so it has been a long journey of continuous improvement, some little marginal improvements here and there in terms of the shape, the pressure drop, the effectiveness, uh, uh, and uh, some heat transfer characteristics, promoters, activators, strength. So I have seen uh, some of these developments in, in my career, and but they were all marginal improvements. There was no radical change. So it has been a, a status quo so far. Uh, few companies did try to uh, develop structure catalyst. They even commercialized it few, but they withdrew it from the market. And some were not very successful even earlier in the, in the 90s with monoliths. Uh, so we addressed that problem uh, very effectively with our design. Wherever the shortcomings and failures were from the previous uh, developments of uh, by others. So uh, the main uh, driving force for structured catalyst, uh, and there are some articles even 10 years back, there some few people had predicted, uh, the, even the scientists and all that, uh, there will be two uh, areas of uh, future developments uh, in the industry, uh, mainly energy or, or, or chemical industry. Uh, one will be the membranes and one will be structured catalyst. So uh, these two directions uh, will also eventually play off. So we focused on uh, making something which is addressing the inherent deficiencies of pellets uh, in terms of, and I presented that just in my in my presentation. So there are some inherent uh, limitations of uh, pellets, uh, nothing to do with that uh, people haven't uh, developed or improved the product, but uh, there is a limit up to what you, they have been able to improve it. Uh, so the inherent deficiencies are mainly related to the random packing the way it is filled in the tube so the random packing creates uh, quite some problems in terms of the 
the maldistribution of flow, the stagnant layer uh, for heat transfer along the tube wall, sporadic contact with the tube wall, uh, settling of the pellets, uh, thermal cycling effects, uh, attrition effects, and because it is uh, uh, ceramic based, so you know it has got breakage problem, especially at the bottom half of the tube, pressure drop buildup, hot spots. So there are a lot of these problems have been uh, either addressed or just continued as a part of the game. So what we came with zone flow reactor uh, structure catalyst is to address and overcome these problems by a metallic substrate uh, and very highly effective annular reforming uh, to do the steam reforming where the heat transfer is and where it matters the most and that's why we win over where the steam reforming takes place the, the flow is only in that annulus and it is a very a unique design which is robust high voidage and at the same time uh, very flexible so uh, it is a, a very flexible system, also very robust, so that uh, it takes uh, the basic radial expansion contraction with the, with the tube, uh, you know, cold and hot condition, and that is one of the uh, major merits or differentiator of our product, which others have failed. That it always uh, stays in proximity of the wall in hot condition. Uh, which does two benefits. One is that it uh, breaks the stagnant layer con constantly uh, with, with the centrifugal and centripetal fin uh, hydraulics and at the same time avoid any bypassing of unconverted feed because of the differential expansion gaps between the casing and the tube wall. So there is no uh, clearance uh, in hot condition. So that avoids any bypassing of feed which was a major challenge for other structure catalysts so we are very excited about this we tested it in our pilot plant it uh, there was no bypassing at all and all all the campaigns were in favor of zone flow compared to pallets and we hope to take it uh, to commercial level yeah, yeah. so basically the advantage what uh, to answer your question is that because we improve the heat transfer which is a major constraint for steam reforming uh, by more than 200, uh, so 100%, so m more than 200% of uh, pellets. Uh, that higher heat transfer without the penalty of higher pressure drop gives us the potential to increase the productivity of the reformers, existing reformers, and to you know uh, provide uh, additional steam reforming capacity of. Uh, with retrofits, uh, just replacing the pellets with our catalyst of existing uh, reformers, and to when it is uh, amply uh, referenced and and and, and uh, proven, to downsize the new reformers going forward by 15 to 20 percent, which is a big uh, big uh, savings on on capital uh, in expense. So we mainly bring higher productivity. Uh, to uh, mainly initially existing reformers and I have been to several uh, conferences and even uh, DOE reports and other publications the future thrust uh, will not be for new plants uh, m as much as it has been in the past 
but to maximize the utilization of existing assets in the most reliable, efficient, and, and productive way. So that's what we are addressing, that to maximize hydrogen production for the future hydrogen economy with the existing assets for, to start with, and then go to the new plants. Yeah. So you said, and I'm make sure I understood you correctly, you said earlier, just by switching from the pellets, uh, 200% more efficient? No, the heat transfer is, uh, well, yeah, it's more than double of pellets, which gives you around 20% more uh, steam reforming capacity. Of course, that heat has to be provided from the external source. So when we put our catalyst, uh, the firing side has to be adjusted. So we need more heat uh, to convert more feed, of course. So, But uh, most of the time, the radiant section of the steam reformer is the major bottleneck in increasing uh, steam reforming capacity, whether even to achieve nameplate capacity if it is a uh, stress reformer. So we uh, address the process side of the tube and the firing side is addressed, which is less complicated and, and less uh, critical by just uh, putting some uh, new burner tips or new burners and, and then put more fuel. And, and that 15 to 20% increase is a sweet spot for existing plants. I mean, it doesn't need too much of uh, modifications in the plant, whether front end or back end. So, and with Honeywell, being our partner, they are masters and experts in PSA units, pressuring absorption units, and uh, they acquired Calidus as burner suppliers. So we cover this uh, PSA and the tail gas integration of firing with the reformer and the burners as a composite uh, concept of revamp. So uh, we will we can offer higher productivity with minimum modifications and uh, a very uh, quick. Uh, implementation and and people who don't need extra hydrogen we will still give them more hydrogen uh, going forward uh, whatever they don't need they can recover less in the PSA which is even an easier revamp and then burn a little bit of more hydrogen in the fuel so that they lower the carbon footprint uh, uh, so it's both ways <laughs> I mean they could I guess potentially you know whatever they want to do with it either if they want to a little bit more hydrogen, uh, less uh, carbon footprint, and burn some hydrogen. Because the future, as I heard, other people are also burning hydrogen to lower the carbon footprint because you cannot destroy carbon. So the only way is to fire low-carbon fuels. Yeah. So. so is this um, technology, is it solely you know, um, SMR-based, or is there any other, or will there be in the future, no, any other application? No, it's purely SMR based. Yeah, we we um, well uh, uh, once it is proven, we have uh, of course uh, allied applications of steam reforming. In terms of, we are working on several of them. One is the tube in tube because we have an annular structure. We have a open uh, and uh, you know core uh, which is. Uh, capped at this moment, we can open it up and make it a bayonet reformer, which is regenerative. So we have that potential to even further reduce the size of the reformer and uh, and and the improve the efficiency. We can also use our annular reformer for uh, inside electrically heated uh, reformer, which we have just filed the patent. So we can have a combi uh, electrical uh, fired 
uh, stream reformer partly from inside partly from outside or eventually only for inside so uh, with a higher heat transfer uh, modes so we have uh, all these uh, uh, sort of an uh, extended applications but in the steam reforming space i mean we this catalyst won't work for autothermal reforming or any other uh, yeah 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 so where do you see or where would you like to see the technology in five years? <laughs> yeah, a wishful thinking, of course, uh, I hope, uh, with the best wishes of all, we reach there. But um, we have a, a fully commercial plan, uh, well documented. We have financial projections. We have estimated uh, deployment rates. We have estimated this in the typical geographical regions and how we will address from retrofit to new plants and also applications, not only hydrogen, but ammonia, methanol, GTL, DRI, all the reformers, uh, they all have steam reformers. So we'll gradually step into those applications. But in, in five years, uh, I hope we can at least, uh, what we are aiming at is to get at least uh, uh, 10 15 references and a uh, few percent of market share and once you take off uh, with a few proven references then it's really exponential growth i think nobody wants to be the first uh, adopter uh, it's a very conservative uh, industry hydrogen but though that was typically for the refining industry because their whole operations was based on hydrogen but as an energy carrier people can take a hit uh, on uh, on being um, optimistic, I mean, not being very conservative. So everybody's trying to step out of their uh, comfort zone and try new things uh, because there are a lot of solutions, but only limited proven solutions. So this one will be at least a proven solution uh, to uh, to really go uh, and 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 get something which is uh, uh, sort of uh, a low-hanging fruit, you know. Yeah. I agree with you on that point. Yes, absolutely. Well, like I said, thanks again, Sanjeev. I really do appreciate it. Thank um, you so much. And do we, you know, as as things progress, we'll have you on again. Why not, right? Yeah, absolutely. The initial few, uh, uh, luckily our pilot plant gave us a lot of added confidence, uh, uh, which was required. Uh, we have done extensive uh, CFD modeling. Uh, we have done uh, other validation programs. They all have been proven right. So we are very confident that uh, uh, when we put these, and, and we tried the pilot plant uh, campaigns also pretty near commercial conditions. So we are quite confident that apart from other, uh, you know, scale up uh, uh, challenges and requirements, we should be able to, uh, uh, you know, demonstrate the merits of this product. And once uh, people realize that it is a high value uh, uh, proposition, so the cost of the catalyst may be higher, which is uh, for any structured catalyst is uh, high, higher than pellets. Uh, but the value creation is so high that it pays off within less than a year. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to thank you, Sanjeev, uh, for uh, joining me today and taking some time up. Do you have any closing thoughts, takeaways? You like? uh, first of all, thank you again for this podcast. And uh, uh, I, 
I am uh, just uh, sort of uh, wishing that uh, all all people as a cumulative uh, collective effort, we all have to work together. So I, we are not weary of uh, competition. We want healthy competition, and I think we will uh, win uh, with that, and and to take it uh, to the next level. Uh, we have very good. We are in very good hands, both from the supply side and from the uh, taking it to the market from the Honeywell side and uh, I'm just hopeful that uh, uh, when you look back few years now 10 years when maybe I'm retired and all so it'll be great to see how things have moved into the market and what we did uh, really spun off into something very uh, dramatic. <laughs> That'd be great. Then you could just sit back and and watch everything play out. Like yeah. your your job is done. It's like I didn't I did my part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did my part. Yeah, I, I still will be sort of looking for the future innovations on electrical reformers and hydrogen economies and how hydrogen will play uh, or syngas will play a role in energy uh, clean energy transition. And uh, yeah, I. Uh, uh, you know, in, in 2005, I heard uh, uh, President George Bush said that uh, every child born that time will drive a hydrogen car when he's 18 years old. So that a uh, little bit fell through the cracks because of the economic downturn. But I'm sure this is not uh, if but when uh, this will take place uh, and and nothing is going to replace anything or uh, or substitute but it everything will be supplemental all forces have to come together and find a uh, and fill the space so it's a puzzle all technologies will find their place whether it is renewable uh, bio nuclear uh, uh, steam reforming autothermal reforming partial oxidation uh, waste management waste uh, gasification nuclear pink, uh, turquoise, uh, blue, green, they all will find their place uh, because the demand is so colossal. And when we take about, we talk about transition from now to 2050, it is not current demand to be met in 2050. In 25 years, the demand of energy will increase another 50%. So we have to address that increase in demand. So it keeps on, the base load will stay. Yeah. So we all are excited, even with new pathways, the current pathways will survive and, and exist, coexist. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, um, yeah, I appreciate this opportunity and uh, nice meeting you. Yeah. So. Uh, nice to meet you as well. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode. Please remember to share and subscribe.